Welcome to the Maintainable Nails Podcast, where we explore the art of healthy and sustainable nail care with both industry experts and best-in-show upkeepers. I'm your host, Robbie Russell. On this episode, we speak with the acclaimed author, speaker, and motivational life coach, Logan Luke Tyler Tanner. LLTT joins us today from sunny San Diego, California. Logan Luke Tyler Tanner, welcome to Maintainable Nails. Thanks, bro. Good to be here. So as you reflect on your time on the planet, circling around the sun, if someone were to come up to you and ask you on a podcast, hey, Logan, Luke, Tyler, Tanner, what do you believe are a few common characteristics or traits of, dare I say, maintainable nails? Oh, whoa, bro. That's, that's a pretty good question. Um, I'd say that reflecting back on my time on Earth, the top things that I pulled out of like good maintainable nails... Uh, is of course moisturizing, uh, you know, like making sure that your cuticles look good and that the nail bed isn't too dry or cracked. Um, but then also cleanliness, I think is another big one. You know, people always talk about like, oh, I wash my hands like five times a day. But how many times did you wash your nails, dude? Like your nails have the biggest grime in there. It's not just your hands, bro. So uh, are you cleaning your nails a lot? Are you moisturizing them? And then, of course, you got to have that top coat, bro. Like something to protect, something to give a little shine. Like it's all about the top coat. I want to dig into that for sure on the, the top coat side of things. But, you know, you mentioned like moisturizing and washing your hands and your, and your nails. Most importantly, do you, do you see people, do you judge people for having nail polish that is kind of like hiding from themselves? Uh, well... Do you feel like that's something you ever really confronted with yourself? You know, I'm not a psychologist, bro. Um, I'm just a therapist. But I would say that it could be, but it could also be a good way to maintain your nails, you know? Like, sure, you you get a little more grimy grit underneath there. It's not quite as easy to spot when you got a nice coat of polish on. But at the same time, that polish can actually be protecting your nails and adding to the the longevity of your nails. So I think that if you are using it to maybe distract from how dirty your nails are, then yeah, bro, that's that's like gross. And that's like dig into that with your therapist, dude. But like if you're just doing it and you're keeping them clean, that's actually good for you. That actually like helps with your maintenance. Interesting. You, you touched on longevity and I, I definitely wouldn't want to pass up the opportunity with, for the audiences to like dig in a little bit to the Tyler Tanner cuticle longevity method. If you could just, I know we don't have time to go through all of it because you Luke, you, Luke Tyler Tanner. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Logan's my Sorry. first name. Luke Tyler Tanner is my last. Sorry. The Luke Tyler Tanner method for cuticle longevity. I know you wrote a, a book about this quite extensively, but if you could kind of just provide our audience with a kind of a high level overview and I'll definitely include a link to the book to purchase online as well in the show notes. Sweet. Sweet. Going to get that, uh, that maintainable nails bump. (laughs) Um, so cuticles, everyone thinks that you got to clip your cuticles. That's probably the number one misconception I hear. And it's like, nah, brah, like clipping them just like peels them back even more. Right. And then it's like even more hurt, more pain. Uh, don't want to deal with that dude. So like what I say is like, you want to, there's things out there that like are like cuticle remover pastes and creams. And like, if you have one of those, like that takes care of your cuticles right off the bat. You don't even have to clip them. Of course, like the best defense is a good offense dude. So like if you moisturize every day and you keep your cuticles clean and push back, like you don't have to clip them that much at all. So I'll just like, focus on that first. And then if you do have like a fly away, like, like don't clip it. Uh, like use a remover to have it come off more naturally. 
when you're thinking about how you want to approach your nails and say you've got uh, a big event, I mean, I know we're, we're recording this in the middle of a pandemic, but for those listening, like, you know, one day we will be able to go to a large. And so when you, when you do that, do you have like a regiment that you kind of follow for like, this will get me through the night or the weekend, or do you, do you, are you always thinking about the long-term um, health of yeah, your Yeah. Well, I think that if anytime I'm going out into a crowd, I like to uh, think about the number of people that I'm going to be interacting with and the type of people. Like, am I going to be shaking a lot of hands pre-pandemic, of course? Uh, and if so, are those going to be like grimy hands? Uh, and if so, maybe I just slap on a pair of gloves because like gloves can be cool. And, you know, if someone gives you crap about wearing your gloves to a gala, just be like, look, yeah, I look like I'm washing dishes right now, but my nails are going to be like so much better in 10 years than yours are going to be. Um, if that's not an option for you, I would say probably top coat, like a protective top coat, um, or even throw some polish on there. You know, like it doesn't have to be a full on gel mani. Like you can just go and get some, you know, fairly inexpensive stuff from a Walgreens and put it on there. And that's going to act as a protective coat for the night. Of course, like anytime that you can get the chance to go, uh, and wash your nails during the evening, like, please do so. If you, if you're a woman or if you have a, a, a bag of some sort that you carry, you can like throw your nail brush in there and just like pop it out in the bathroom, do a quick once over and, you know, five, 10 minutes out of the evening is going to like do a lot to save your You nails. know, you had mentioned that as a therapist, you know, you, you work with different types of clientele. I'm curious if like you, how you approach someone that's like in their, the later part of their life, you know, maybe they're past retirement or retiring soon and their nail care concerns or longevity is probably going to be quite different than maybe someone in an adolescent, right? And I know a lot of kids and even adults will have different sort of uh, ailments or things that are going on or nervous tics where they might bite their nails on a regular basis. Is that something you feel like you can help, you've been able to help elders wean off of? Or to, have you ever, I've heard some people talk about like that, that can actually be a nice way to re-explore how you maintain your nails in the future, like as you're, when you get older, to actually like encourage a nail biting or later. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I, uh, I became such a like nail maintenance enthusiast, um, because I was a nail biter. Uh, I bit my nails so much when I was a kid. My mom would say, hey, Logan, like stop biting your nails. And like said it over and over and over. But you know, it's just like, sometimes people, you hear people saying it, people that you love, um, and it just doesn't connect. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you just have to like hit your rock bottom. And my rock bottom for me with biting my nails was taking off a part of my index finger. Uh, I bit down so hard one night watching television. I wasn't even paying attention. I'm missing part of my finger now. And that was sort of like a revelation for me. Um, so I started learning about nail maintenance and ways to get uh, away from that nasty habit. And uh, that brought me into, yeah, behavior, uh, behavioral psychology. Um, it kind of set me up for my career, like you might say. So in a lot of ways, I lead, like I owe a lot of my professional success to my nails and how well I take care of them. Um, to answer your question more specifically, I would say that like, yeah, like it's, it's really good to talk to someone, a uh, professional, uh, about that habit. Um, I wouldn't generally recommend people getting back into nail biting if they kicked it previously. Um, 
But, you know, like, I'm not your therapist. I'm someone else's. So, like, if that works for you and that helps you in some weird way that I can't think about, then great. Go for it. Such an inspirational story. We'll be back with our interview with Logan in just a moment. Hi, it's me, Robbie. I wanted to take a quick moment just to say thank you for listening to the Maintainable Nails podcast. If you're finding these conversations as interesting and as thought-provoking and as inspirational as I do, please consider sharing a link amongst your friends on social media and or writing a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. And now, let's return to our interview with Logan Luke, Tyler Tanner. ever deal with patients that are come to you and they're contemplating, like, I feel like the only way to work past this challenge of nail biting is to just go full nail removal and do it like an implant. And do you help coach them through that type of experience or? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty extreme example, but we've definitely like, I've definitely dealt with that before. Um, and before, like that's a sort of a last minute, uh, last resort type of thing. And I would say that uh, before we get to that point, I always encourage people to do um, like fingernail uh, encasement devices. Um, and these are just like small sort of, if you imagine like a safe, like a wall safe. Um, it's sort of that sort of thing, but it fits over your nail. Uh, and the nice thing about it is it can be like code based or it can actually have a, an electronic or physical key. And like you can have someone else set that code or hold that key for you. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, not to be blue, but sort of a chastity device for your fingernails. And other people can hold on to that to make sure that you're not taking those off just to bite them. Um, so I would say that's generally the route that I go with my patients who have reached their sort of the, their last straw with their nail biting. But, you know, if we need to, we can schedule, we can talk surgery and just get rid of your nails altogether. I know there's such a stigma for that. Like I've, I've heard of children in school and I mean, right now we're in a pandemic. So people, children, not, not a lot of children are back in school yet, but that would be a thing where like their parents would need to be able to relinquish control for them to, you know, have access to their nails at school for some reason, or if they're like in PE or something like that. And so that could be challenge and then you're worrying about internet connectivity all day and you're not supposed to have kids with devices all the time. And so I, I get that it's really complicated to manage that, you know, and also um, another reason that I'd be doing the, our audience a disservice if I didn't touch on this one important thing, you know, I think about, um, a keyboard, it's like a computer keyboard, your laptops keep, and I know that there's, uh, been some growing concerns about like, or, or, or is the, the formation of nails changing based off of how, our keyboards are evolving in some way. So as we're iterating on making less noisy keyboards, is that actually impeding our ability to maintain our nails? And do you have much thought on that? Yeah, actually, that's um, that's right up my alley. And I actually have very strong opinions on that. I, um, I'm not an engineer, but like I'm working with some engineers right now to develop a prototype for a new um, uh, uh, spherical keyboard with curved um, keys. So one of the problems with keyboards and the way that they prevent you from maintaining your nails is the, the repetitive, um, I would say trauma that you're putting your nails, um, through by clicking them on a key, you know, so many times a minute. 
Um, and it's hard when they're just flat on a flat keyboard and it's hard that the keys themselves are pretty flat. So like what we're working on is sort of like a, a spherical sort of globe style keyboard where the keys are spread around the globe and you hold onto it like you might hold onto a basketball and then the keys themselves um, are indented. So like they, they go in, which prevents the nail from ever hitting anything. So it's just touching like the tip of your finger and not any part of your nail. And we're seeing some really good um, like just early clinical trials with some of our test studies, like the, the maintenance of people's nails like gets significantly easier when they start using our globe board. How have you been able to factor in different lengths of nails into that sort of, I mean, without revealing any much of your, you know, obviously intellectual property and, and such, we're under NDA and so we can only talk so much about it. But in terms of, you know, if someone's going to be like, oh, I want to get a nail extension, like, it, and so do they need to think about like, oh, I might need a separate keyboard or, or is that something you're going to be able to evolve and have kind of grow with you and your nails? Yeah, I mean, right now we're working on um, nails up to and including like half an inch long. So we haven't, ex um, we haven't started any of our trials for longer than half an inch, um, but things are looking promising for up to that size. So if you're looking for an extension that long, like the Globe the globe board keyboard um, certainly will work for you. Um, we're experimenting with other ways that would be more, I'd say, accordion style. Um, and the keyboard is built on either side of an accordion. And depending on how you're pulling the accordion in or out, that determines which key you're striking. Um, and that is a really, uh, we think, we haven't really, like I said, gotten into the, the trials yet, but we're pretty sure that that's gonna like, solve it for people with longer extensions. I, of course, am not super pro nail extension to begin with because like the glue can cause a lot of harm to your nail bed. Um, so, but if you're gonna do it, you might as well not add insult to injury by like collecting, clacking your nails on a keyboard all day too. I, I feel like that's one of the benefits of the pandemic, like the silver linings I should say, is the not having to overhear your coworkers nail tapping against their keyboard. I fondly, or I wouldn't say fondly, but I have vivid memories of a coworker from about 19, 20 years ago that I used to work near and they were allowed, they had a loud keyboard and they were, they had long nails and it was a very upsetting combination of things to kind of go in, you know, to be near and like, not just like, obviously needed to get some really good headphones back then just to kind of drown them out. And, you know, I don't have to work with him anymore and that's been great, but it's inspirational to hear how there's some movement in this industry to think about how people with longer nails. So maybe I, I, I feel like I ended up creating a weird persona in my head of how I associated him and my annoyance towards him because of a noise. And it was less about him as a person, just him as a, a noisy coworker that was like two cubicles down from me. And I kept, couldn't not think about their cuticles. Talk, I'm not going to mention his name on this show, um, just in case he does hear this, because we still work in similar circles and stuff like that. I think about that a lot. But uh, anyways, so another topic, I wanted to quickly dive in as we wrap up, last few couple questions, but, and I, I do try to bring up like nail care for like pets and, you know, there's the Yelp factor is like, it's a very clear, it's a very fuzzy line for dogs on where that Yelp factor is going to be. It's kind of a little bit of a guessing game. Do you work with people with pets and like giving them some guidance on how to know how, especially if it's a new pet to them and they've not hit that Yelp factor line before and it's, it's traumatic for the, for the dog and for whoever does it, but how do you coach them through that? 
That's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, animals and nail maintenance, completely different like stratosphere dude like it's not even the same as humans you'd like you'd think that some of the same things would apply but like strangely they don't like the yelp factor uh i'm assuming you are talking about the the noise a dog might make versus like the website um so the yelp factor for that would be if they're yelping like you're doing something wrong or maybe their dog is just kind of a a wuss as you can tell, I'm I'm not really an expert in this field, um, but I know enough to know that like I don't know much. So I would say like I would go to a veterinary nails maintenance specialist because, like I said, like it's completely different worlds in terms of like what you need to do and how you need to keep care of your your animal's nails. I appreciate the question though because like not a lot of people think about their animals' nails, and it really bums me out because. Like, I care about nails all over the place, like, not just on humans, like, on almost everyone. So it's great that, like, you're out there, like, using your platform to talk about this, um, even if, like, I'm not the right person to be asking. And in between those sessions, you know, do you still kind of advocate for at least a similar sort of cleaning regimen? Um, or is that should that be done by professionals as well? I would say, like, that's probably even uh, something that could be... You would need like a professional advice on. I do say that like anytime that you can throw some booties on your dog's paws, like do that because I'm sure that helps with keep their nails maintained. But also, it just looks really cute. I want to see that when I'm when I see you walking your dog down the street. Like, yeah, good for their nails, but also good for your dog. Like, he looks adorable. <laughs> I think that's a good. Good, good spot for us to think about wrapping this episode up. So, you know, if you could recommend one book to our audience, what would that be? Um, I really like Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Everyone thinks it's a kid's book, but, you know, I think that you can get a lot of good out of it, even as an adult. Excellent. I'll include links to that in the show notes. I'm not familiar with that book myself, but um, a few people have mentioned in the past. It's Well, I'll look, I'll read it at some point. Yeah, no spoilers here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Logan Luke Tyler Tanner, for joining us on Maintainable Nails and talking shop with us. You're welcome, Robbie. Really my pleasure. 